Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Welcome back. This is Wade into Wealth. We return for 2024 as 2023 now sits in the rearview mirror. I'm Chuck Wade. My brother Ethan is here as well. And we want to recap a bit of what happened last year and more so, I think more importantly, translate that into what we can take into 2024. There were a lot of lessons learned and it was a really unique year. One that started with interest rates continuing to rise. We had a banking crisis. A couple of large banks failed. And then... The conflict in Ukraine continues. Um, We have what's happening in Israel between Israel and Hamas. Yet amidst all of this chaos, the S&P 500 somehow manages a return of 25%. Um, And as we are starting this new year, I think there's not only some takeaways, but an interesting explanation as to why the market did so well, why you might not see that in your own investment performance. And then what do we take away from that and try to learn? Because there's always a lesson, an actionable item that we can take from that. Um, Go ahead. What do you think? Well, 2023 had a lot of layers to it. And most of them seemed pessimistic and negative. So seeing a return from the S&P 500, which is considered one of the most diversified indices that gets reported, but still has its flaws. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some of those today. It's a good testament about how worthless predictions are. <laughs> yeah. And also why not to, as an investor or retiree, not to give in to the headlines that you hear. Because it seemed like every point through 2023, everything was negative. And you walk through all of the reasons not to have invested last year. Mm -hmm. And if you had done that, you would have either locked in losses from 2022, which was the worst year we had seen in markets since the 2008 financial crash. And you wouldn't have been able to experience the upside that a lot of equity investors were able to see last year. But to your last point, which is the S and P 500 was up 25%, but your account may not have been. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with the companies that really led the charge for 2023 and just how the S&P 500 index is set up, yeah. which can in some ways skew the returns driven by just a, a little more than a handful of companies, but not much more. Yeah, and I think there's we need to point out there's a difference between the economy and the stock market. Yep, we've said that beforehand. But also, I think the stock market and the economy experienced a little of I read this somewhere, the chicken little theory is that chicken little gets hit on the head with an acorn and runs around screaming, the sky is falling and telling his friends, the sky is falling. The sky is not falling. He thought it was. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to be dishonest, but that was his and his perspective of things. And if you look at that, how many points throughout last year and really any year, does it seem like the sky is falling? And you could say, all right, well, there's banks that are failing. The sky is falling. We've got yep. two major conflicts. The sky is falling. We've got all the, we've got inflation that's at, you know, a record level for the past decade, past two decades, interest rates that are higher. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Yet amidst all of this, there's this massive demand for anything related to artificial intelligence. I think that artificial intelligence and soft landing are the two big buzzwords 
from 2023. Interest rates. Interest it, rates is another one. Rates, yeah. Um, that we just hear them so much. But what happened is there's huge. I mean, you'd have to live under a rock to not know there's a huge demand for artificial intelligence. And, and what's interesting, there, there has been. Yeah. That's not new. I mean, you think of artificial intelligence is not a new concept. I mean, in terms of it being maybe mainstream and reported in the news regularly, okay. But artificial intelligence is not new. I think it hit a critical mass in terms of awareness of it. Absolutely. In that yep. things like chat GPT, which yep. comes out and, and I made dinner the other night using that by saying, here's the ingredients I have. What can I make? Yep. And it does the work for you. But back to your original point here, the S and P 500 is the 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States. I think it is one of the better measures of the stock market. It's certainly a better measure than the Dow, which is 30 companies and the NASDAQ, which is extremely heavy into the tech sector. Yeah. So I think it's one of the better measures. It's probably one of the best ones available, but it is, we can, it's not without its flaws. One of the best ones available that we can easily relate to. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so what happens is... Well, logic would tell you 500 companies, right? You would think that each company makes up the exact same percentage of the fund. It but does that's not. not true. No, no. And, and that's actually far from the truth. It's a weighted index, which means Apple, which is the largest company... T- makes up more of that index. I think it's like six to seven percent mm-hmm. yep. of the S and P five hundred is Apple. Yep. And then the next biggest company, which I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but take Amazon, another huge company, mm-hmm. or Google, Am- Apple, Amazon, Google. Those all make up much larger parts of the index than the four hundred ninety fifth yes. company in the yep. index, which makes up a very minute part of it. And in reality, those companies you just listed off probably represent more of the index than like 250 of the companies. I think when I did the math, so I pulled 250 out of thin air, Yeah, but I'm sure it's hundreds unless, unless you did the math and actually did the research. No, I mean, if you look at like the top 10 companies make up almost a third. Yeah. They they have to. Yeah. There's probably five of them that make up five or six of them that make up 25%. There were seven companies that were responsible for nearly all the gains and they're being referred to as the magnificent seven. This is not the, the old Western movie. I remember when dad sat me down, I was like, we're going to watch a Western and watch Magnificent Seven at Yul Brenner and Charles Bronson, a bunch of old a bunch of people that are past have passed away now, but it sure, was a good yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, but in this case, so who are the Magnificent Apple, Seven? Amazon, Google, Meta, which is Facebook, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla. Okay. Combined to return nearly 80% in 2023. And that was responsible for almost all of that 25% return. The other 493 companies essentially flat, actually the majority of them underperform significantly. So that's where you look and see, okay, the S&P 500 was up 25% in 2023. Well, maybe my 401k or my IRA or my investment account, maybe I was up 10, 11, 12, 15. And some of that explains, you probably have a little bit of a more diversified portfolio. And there are people that were down. Yep. There are people that had negative returns, and that's based on how your portfolio is constructed. It is a problem if you were down. Yeah. You might want to relook at things, but it's the perfect lesson in diversification. So, but I also, so we talked about those seven combined to return nearly 80% in 2023. I went back to look at 2022 for those seven companies as well, because we often think, wow, I should have, like those returns that we got there, those are perfect. We got to get those every single year. Unrealistic. And a lot of those returns are also a factor of the performance they provided in 2022 
as well, where in some ways you could have looked and thought, maybe 2022 for these companies, unlikely to go out of business, maybe that was a little bit of an overreaction. Apple, 2022, down almost 30%. Amazon, down 50%. Google, down 40%. Meta, which you had mentioned was Facebook. And we should also say, we've referred to it as Google. Technically, it's called Alphabet, same company. Uh, Meta, Facebook, down 65%. Microsoft, down almost 30%. NVIDIA, down 50%. Mm -hmm. Tesla, down 65% in 2022. So seeing those companies have such a strong year in 2023, sometimes when we we look at it in a longer vacuum, it explains a little bit more of a story, and we can't just make decisions only based on no. 365 days worth no. of performance. No, and if you had these, if you had these companies in 2022, you felt it because you were down right. more than the S and P 500. Right. You definitely felt it, and yep. you definitely noticed it, just like you felt it last year, but in a positive way. And both scenarios are perfect lessons in why you need to have a diversified group of investments. Yep, you don't need to own individual stock necessarily to participate in the returns or the downside of that, but you need to be diversified. And this is where index funds or mutual funds can come in very handy because your less of your eggs are in one basket. Um, and I've looked at index funds as great ways to get growth investments yep. to say we're less focused on a dividend, but we know the majority of that fund is Apple, Amazon, and those companies that are likely to do fairly well given the current environment that we're in. And and why so why did it take off? Because the majority of these gains came at the end of the year. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. the majority of that 25% was the last two months. And that's because technology companies thrive in lower interest rate environments. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see some guidance from the Federal Reserve that interest rate hikes are likely done. And there may in 2024 be some interest rate cuts. Yep, which bodes very well for those companies. And that was one of the reasons you saw this, along with just a lot of demand for AI and NVIDIA, yep. which was up like 250% last year. And the interest rate hikes, which we all have seen for the past two years, are a big reason why those companies suffered so much in 2022. But at all, like I think of, because you, you were right, you mentioned that a lot of the returns came in the final couple months of the year because August, September, and October were terrible. Mm -hmm. Those were really challenging months. And it highlights the importance of the second lesson, which is, and you probably need to prepare yourself for this because <laughs> you've heard this before from us, is being patient and not paying so much attention or not putting so much weight that you're willing to take action as a result of the predictions that the smart people <laughs> are making. And yeah. we put quotations around smart people. And there, there's even a saying in the business about smart money, which is, you know, your big institutions. And, and frankly, a lot of the people making predictions, whether it's on CNBC, Bloomberg, The Economist, Wall Street Journal, are the heads of these mm -hmm. highly regarded yep. institutions. And if you had followed their predictions and tried to use that as a way to time the market, if you sold at the end of October, you had a terrible year. Yeah. And you also right. would have completely missed out on November and December that provided such strong returns and such strong gains. Yeah. And so I think it's, I think one of us needs to go through the list. We of can alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, it, let's alternate. Let's alternate. I'll take the first one. So here's a list of predictions made during the past year. Some are from late 2022, but here they are. This is from CNBC, October, 2022. The headline is JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon warns us likely to tip into recession. Bloomberg, October, same month, October 2022, forecast for U.S. recession within a year hits 100%. The Economist, 
November of 2022. Why a global recession is inevitable in 2023. Wall Street Journal in the first month of 2023, January, big banks predict recession. Fox Business, this is uh, February 2023. Bank of America still forecasting 2023 recession. Politico, this is in April of 23. Jamie Dimon warns of new economic storms ahead. And CNBC, April 2023, Fed expects banking crisis to cause a recession this year. Now, the reality of that is that, like in the story that you used in the beginning part of this, Chicken Little got hit in the head with an acorn and thought the sky was falling based on the information that they had. At the time, looking at the information that everyone had to put these put this in the headline, it would have been a reasonable thought that we would hit a recession. Yes. But nothing is ever certain. And the other side of that is, is that if, if we were to go on any one of these networks and say, yeah, it's not great, but be patient and things are going to likely work out okay. That's not a headline that is going, that's not an article that's going to get you to click a link if you're no. scrolling through it on Facebook. And they push you to make a prediction. I was driving right. in today listening to CNBC and they had a guest speaker on who was talking about their, you know, what they felt was happening right now. And they weren't making a prediction, but the anchors pushed right. him to make a prediction of what will be the result of this and what will happen. Yeah. And so that's how news works. Yeah. And it's just one of those things at the beginning of the year that is common. People want a prediction. They Always, want to be yeah. able to take the data. Um, I mean, it, I think it's, it's also at every point of the year. How many times do you have clients ask you, what do you think is going to happen in the next couple months? Because you're, you're in the industry. So you, sure. you got to know, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And my stock answer has become kind of a joke, but it's very, it, I use it for a specific reason is to say, yeah, well, the market's either going to go up or it's going to go down. It's and true. then we chuckle and I yeah. say, look, that's the reality. The reality is I don't know over that shorter period of time, because the thing is, this is really, it's, it's not the things that we see ahead of us that cause the market to yep. see volatility. It's the surprises. It's mm -hmm. the things we don't see. In January of 2020, nobody saw COVID coming. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, on September 10th, 2001, nobody knew that the next day our world was going to change forever. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew in many of these scenarios, it's the, it's the, it's the surprises yeah. that drive everything. It's not the things that we see. And this year is a great example because what do we have happening in November of 2024 that we're all thrilled about? Presidential election. Got a presidential election. So that's the buzzword that I I I'm, know you're hearing about it because I have too. It's, oh, yeah. well, there's an election this year. I don't know. I don't know what I should do. Look, we already know that's happening. I am not yep. worried about that. I mean, I don't love it, ha it. Happens every four years. But but you want a prediction? You're going to be inundated with political ads, and if you're on social media, you're going to learn a lot more about people than you probably want to know about them. Yeah. In that, there's people that are going to push their push, you know, what they want, their candidate, and that, and it's just going to be really annoying. And history shows us not that presidential election years are bad, because the market doesn't care Democrat versus Republican. Right. But it does show that from January to November, we do tend to see a little bit more volatility. Because of the uncertainty that the market has. Right. But that doesn't mean that those years finish negative. It doesn't no. mean that they finish off poorly. It just helps to explain that uncertainty often leads to volatility. Just Nothing new. And so if you want to prepare for that, there is going to be some uncertainty as we get closer. 
Yep. And if you want another prediction, there is going to be something that happens this year that is going to have an impact on the economy and stock market that we don't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it likely will. Yep. And if we take a step back to your short-term prediction that you made, which is you, we tell our clients that we don't know, that's not a deficiency of no. us. Nobody knows. Jamie Dimon doesn't know. Right. Warren Buffett doesn't know. Nobody knows what the market is going to do in the short term because the market's going to do what it's going to do. One person is not going to impact that. They won't have that effect. So it's important that you don't allow the short-term headlines and the short-term volatility to change your long-term goals and your perspective of why you're investing in the first place. Yeah. And I think when most people ask that question, they're very understanding of the answer and it makes sense. Yep. But what they're looking for is someone to say, hey, I don't really know what's going to happen, but what does happen, we'll get through it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not just going to be stranded out there by yourself if there's some uncertainty. We'll get through it together. I don't know what it is. And I think that comes up front with expectation setting. Yep. Which uh, is without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. My prediction is there's going to be something that happens this year that impacts the economy and the stock market significantly one way or the other. And we probably don't know what that is today. Yep. I think it's best to wrap it up with Napoleon's definition of a military genius, which is it's in his mind, the definition of military genius is the person who could do the average thing while those around them are going crazy. I think that should be our objective this and every year with respect to investing. Yeah. Is to just do the average thing while everyone else is going crazy. And if you can do that, chances are you're going to be okay. And you'll see consistent returns over time. Right. It's boring, but it works. And it works really well. Yeah. Because throughout the course of history, the reasons for markets going up or down are different. The thing that is is incredibly consistent is how we as humans react. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right, that's it. Uh, We're going to be back on a more consistent schedule. We look forward to that. Wishing you a happy, healthy, uh, and prosperous 2024. And we appreciate you sharing the journey with us. Contact the Wade Group at wadegroup at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at the Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities.